Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to the Muster Music Podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. I'm sitting here with Jason Lipschutz. What's going on, man? And Natalie Weiner. Hey. And before we get rolling here, uh, I just want to say stick around after we talk about a couple songs. We have an interview with Austra, who oh, stopped by. And yeah, I didn't even she's know great. That. They, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, also, uh, yeah, they have a new album, Austria. Future it's Politics. It's so breaking that we don't even know. And uh, <laughs> why well, to keep it under wraps? It's a big, big secret. And uh, front woman uh, Katie Stelmanis uh, stopped by, and we talked about. Both the music and the planet slowly dying. So oh, we get fun. we have some great great times talking that about that. That does sound uplifting. Um, let's start with um, one of the uh, I guess probably the biggest song that came out recently. Uh, Katy Perry's "Chain to the Rhythm." Yeah, which I really honestly thought you were going to say Mariah because that's just where my head's at. We, but yes, yeah. Katy Perry "Chain to the Rhythm," biggest yeah. song uh, out recently. I okay. Anyways. I love it. I'm just I I realize that's not much of a critical assessment, but like oh. I just it's so catchy. I've been listening to it like multiple times a day. I just and like it's so cool that the lyrics are um well, wait, actually I should just say I I'll brag for you, Jason. So, uh the song came out and the the song's lyrics kind of um are a little Trump era e like she's talking about uh you know, to extend everything seeming kind of like pointless and living and in a bubble, bubble, living in a bubble and facile in the you know in the face of kind of these greater world problems. Uh, so it's it's a pretty like lyrically complicated and dark pop song. Uh, Jason tweeted something uh, that was like, "This is Katy Perry just invented woke pop," yeah. and Katy Perry herself tweeted at Jason and it's said, true. "I'm calling it purpose pop." Yeah. And I was I was like <laughs> Justin Bieber already dropped that album, Katie. But anyway, um, can I just tell you the next week of my life? Uh, I guess it hasn't been a, even a week yet, but I guess the next four or five days, it really has just like continued. Have have been people tweeting at me like, I guess you've never heard of Born This Way. I guess you've never heard of Formation. Like as Whoa. if I, as if I literally had never heard of like a pop song that was political. Before. Wait, have you heard of Born This Way? Yeah. Yeah. Is, what is that? I don't even know. Uh, no, but but literally people were like. Delete your account. I got oh a lot my of that. God. It was great. Yeah, you won though. Katy Perry tweeted at you. Yeah, it was pretty I mean, cool. come on, that's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Anyways, but the song itself. So <laughs> what? people, I will say just really quick, like it was so funny that people texted me. <laughs> that's such a funny thing to think about. Like, oh, Katy Perry tweeted at you. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I texted you. Yeah, I, I was, know. Like yeah. multiple people, they're like, I was oh, pretty Jay. excited. Anyway. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I'll have you know, Marin Morris faved my tweets, so you know oh, we're basically yeah. on the same level. <laughs> yeah, let Jason have the spotlight for no. a second, Natalie. Okay, <laughs> you don't need to step I in with refuse. your Morris, Marin Morris likes. You have st- you have Styles P. I, I feel like you're the I love Styles P. Styles we're best P. Friends. Styles P. Twitter is dominated by you. Yeah. So. No, you know he. I'm his biggest <laughs> fan. He's maybe my biggest fan. I like to think that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's let's stop the bragging. Get back to so change of the rhythm. Uh, what do you guys think of it as a single musically? What, are you guys into it? I want to I want you know what Natalie thinks. Actually, I've already been pretty open about it. I think I'm into it. I'm with change of the rhythm more than I ever expected to be with a Katy Perry wow. song, except for like Teenage Dream, which obviously I like because everybody likes that song. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just think. It's a little bit of a surprise from her, just in the fact that it has a bit more heft than your typical Katy Perry single. Um, I like the way that it's a little retro, but it feels fresh still. I think the production's really clean, but it does tap into kind of like a disco vibe or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, the lyrics are like sort of borderline, like, I don't know, she's not gonna like win (laughs) the Nobel Prize or whatever, but (laughs) it's, it's, more substantive than yeah. than I would think. And it is really catchy, which is the point of a Katy Perry song, I think. I'm worried, like, I mean, just hearing the rumblings from charts that it's maybe not, hasn't caught on with the same sort of uh, speed as some of her earlier singles. Like, that makes me think maybe she's, like, veering towards a Lady Gaga <laughs> route with Lady Gaga's last her album. Art, her art pop era. I mean, yeah, I just think like sort of maybe being more thoughtful about your pop songs is not necessarily what resonates with audiences the most because they like want to hear closer by the chain smokers, you know? Mm-hmm. So I I hope that she doesn't like suffer commercial consequences because she's taking it I wouldn't say it's an artistic risk by any means, but it's certainly not mindless bubblegum yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, I hope she doesn't suffer commercial consequences, but we'll see. But I like the song. Yeah, I really like the song too. I mean, I, I think that, I think it's, and I wrote I wrote something about it, which is that I think that this actually kind of gives her new era a purpose in the sense mm-hmm. that like, you know, she went kind of from Teenage Dream, which was very like candy colored and very like very like radio friendly pop, and then Prism was reportedly going to be a lot darker, and then they changed it, and mm-hmm. it's kind of all over the place, and it, it's still like a, a fine like pop album. It has good singles on it, but when when you think about her next step, like what is that going to look like? Is she going to revert back to like this is Teenage Dream again, or I'm gonna go full on adult, but I don't know kind of how mm-hmm. um i kind of like the fact that this it seems like this album is going to be you know she's still going to work with max martin and uh and sia and people like that um to make these super catchy songs but i like the fact that she's kinda, she's tailoring this era around like saying something and like defining herself in that way and i i think that like it's just hard if you just look at the trajectory, I think it's I think it'd be very difficult for her to kind of stay at that forefront for so long in terms of like being the biggest star on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it was kind of inevitable to have like it doesn't really surprise me at all that change to the rhythm is not taking off as much as something like Roar. But like 
yeah, I think that she's kind of handling it the right way. I think this is a smart move, and I think it's a really good song. Uh, yeah, I, I've like, I've heard it on radio a bunch already, and like, I've always, I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. cool, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I, I feel like that's like the benefit of a lot of Katy Perry songs, and this might be the same as like, I mean, like Dark Horse, which became her biggest song. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that wasn't an immediate smash. Yeah, like Roar was an immediate burn. like yeah. top five. Yeah. Like. You know, it's it's the slow burn. It like it's good and it doesn't get old. Is yeah. I think like the benefit of hmm. like this song and a lot of her other songs. Um, the Max Martin touch. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think there's a, there's a strong chance this will stick around and then like kind of slowly gain momentum. And you know, Teenage Dream that album had the same thing. Like that was not an out of the gate success. It was a well, a slower dis- success. Disagree, my friend. But. I mean, well, it did, it was, oh, well, I mean, the uh, first single Katie was California Perry Girls, which was massive. Cal- but it was, there were several months that went by without another like hit single from that. I the album wasn't selling very well. But then I eventually, mean, like, it just kept producing sl- uh, like slow rising hit singles and became like a blockbuster. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but Uh-oh, you know, you have to fact check. <laughs> I disagree with your disagree. <laughs> it had five straight number one singles. No, I know. I'm it, saying it, it was a big hit, but it wasn't a big hit right away. Like it wasn't like yeah. an out of the gate. Like it undersold well, the that. first week. Well, yeah. I mean, her albums are always going to not sell as much because that's just the kind of artist she is. I mean, yeah. for, for some reason, like she just doesn't have that Adele-esque, like, you need to buy the Katy Perry album. I mean, and I, I think like even, that, I'd have to go back, but I feel like even a year after it came out, there were, like, think pieces, like, oh, why wasn't this a bigger hit? California Girls was a smash, know, and yeah. then, like, it produced, like, three more number hmm. ones after that. Well, then, yeah, yeah, eventually. But, like, I, I don't know, like, I think that Katy Perry is someone that, especially on the road, like, I think that she just, she's going to tour behind this album, I'm assuming, and do she does so well on the road and she's actually like that's the thing that i'm most excited about like having seen most of the big like pop stars i think katie perry is like my favorite one to see she's live really like, good she's live, so good yeah, live it's incredible so um i'm excited for that and I, I think that like no matter what happens uh in terms of this song i think that it's i i you know i like i said i think that she's given her fourth album a, a very nifty kind of narrative and I and I appreciate that um, and it's you know I and like I like I wrote last week like it's also commendable like she's actually trying to say something which is yeah. which is not like the easiest thing to do so I mean she also has the like aging pop star thing you know possibly aging yeah. out of her demographic mm-hmm. so I think it's smart to sort of like if she wants to cement her legacy as somebody who's relevant for more than just like a five year period yeah. yeah like she has to come through with something that's come through. at least <laughs> yeah. at least like critically acclaimed because I think like most of her peers you know Rihanna Beyonce Adele Taylor Swift whatever like they have albums that have resonated with people critically as well mm-hmm. as commercially and so Katy Perry I don't know that she's necessarily had that yeah. same kind of thing so. no that's a great yeah. point all right, well, let's, um, you've heard it, I'm sure, but let's listen to a little bit of Chained to the Rhythm from Ms. Katy Perry. And the party
All right, that was Katy Perry, Change of the Rhythm. Let's talk about uh, the next diva we've got, Natalie's Choice, uh, Mariah Carey, I Don't, featuring YG. Yes. So um, I'm going to go on a limb and guess that you like this song. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it feels like it was like specifically targeted at me. It's like a checklist of all the things that I Mm -hmm. like in a song. Mariah Carey, old school R&B sample, Mm -hmm. YG rap verse, produced by Jermaine Dupree. Um, So it's like, and it's dope. It's what you would hope all of those things together would be. I mean, this is what she needs because this is like her sweet spot. Like R&B with a hip hop like inflection. Wait, what's the sample on it? Uh, Donnell Jones. It's like, I know I forgot the name of the song. It's like where where we're from or something. Okay. it's just one of these things that was like big in 1997 and nobody he never really had another song I don't mm-hmm. know. but um yeah it's just kind of like that's what she does best you know it's I think she sounds great to my memory like this is the best like m- modern Mariah song I think since yeah. that Miguel collaboration yeah. hashtag beautiful oh, yeah and maybe so even like better I think than that just as far as something mm-hmm. that might like well I just think as far as something that might have a little bit more commercial appeal. I mm-hmm. mean, it's sort of going back to, like, even, like, Shake It Off. You know, something yeah. that has that kind of same yeah, R&B like very sexy flavor and, yeah. to it. Um, yeah, and it just, she, I think she's sort of accepting that maybe her voice can't do everything that it used to be able to do. And she wrote the song with that in mind. We're going to have sense. to edit that out of the podcast or she's going to put a hit out on you, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. No, but it's... <laughs> Okay, she's not 20 anymore. You know, that's just fact right. of life. She still sounds great. She just was on Kimmel last night, and she performed the song, and she sounded yes. great. And she had YG there, and it was lovely. Mm-hmm. And it gave me everything that I wanted, which is mentally hanging out with Mariah Carey and YG. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, like, I'm happy for her. I hope that the song does well. I don't necessarily expect it to be a huge hit or anything. Mm-hmm. But I hope, you know, Mariah is still legit. She's still a legend. Like, pe- 100%. People need yeah. to put some respect on Mariah's name. And yeah. I hope that this song helps propel that. What do, what do you think, Jason? Um, I feel I feel bad saying this. Oh, wow. I know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know. I wasn't a fan. I'm no sorry. I'm a fan. I was, I had high hopes. I love, I love Mariah and YG, but I, it just, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I mean, I, I like, I like how both of them sound together, but I just didn't, I thought like this kind of arrangement and like the chorus, it just, it seemed a little forced to me and I don't know. It didn't, it didn't resonate, resonate with me, but like in the same way, I, I wasn't even thinking about this, but you brought up beautiful or should i say hashtag beautiful well joe brought it mm-hmm. up he's a fan but yeah. um, I, I love that song. but i think that yeah. but yeah I, and i think that that song is like again another collaboration and it just seems much more natural and i feel like this one was a it, this one reminded me of that um the triumphant the song with rick ross and Meek oh Mill. it's no, way no. better than that yeah. i mean Come it's, on. it's, it's, it's <laughs> better it's better than that but i think the reason why that one did not work was because it was kind of forced it kind of was like i don't get that sense you don't though get, you i mean they were either. like in the yeah. studio together and it was like it, they wrote the yeah, song no. together or at the know, very I mean. least like jermaine dupree and mariah like it yeah makes i it mean seem that's like a, a real natural yeah. like, no it's there's definite chemistry here i just feel like this particular arrangement doesn't really work for me. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. Well, I don't know. You, know, you can't please everyone. Look, look, you guys do, and I don't. 
That's fine. And that's fun, you know? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Jason. <laughs> just uh, get out. Just leave. <laughs> uh, well, In Jason's defense, note, he is kind of sick. Fine. So, yeah, excuse Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it's because I'm. I have a cold. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's making bad puns. Yeah, that's, yep, that's exactly. Um, what's, what's your excuse, mo- like every day, Joe? Of just, making terrible that, puns? That, I'm an idiot. That's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no idiot. physical excuse. Um, all right. Well, let's listen to it. Mariah Carey featuring YG. I don't. You just don't trust me. You don't trust me. You need to understand me. But you never wanna come in this Cause when you love someone, you just. All right, that's new Mariah. Um, let's talk about uh, what are the other ones? Oh, Jadena, uh, Bambi. So when, anyways, I am just like in love with this song. This is another Ooh. one that I'm just like listening to constantly. Like he's just so, he, ugh, he's so unique and weird, but like weird in the retro sense. Like the, like the song, so anyways, so Bambi uh, is kind of a, like sort of somewhere between like that period in like history where like doo-wop was fading out and rock was coming in and there were these like kind of silky, like R&B ballads on the radio in like the late 50s, like the platters and the spinners and stuff. And it sounds like, the song really just sounds like it's from the late 50s. Like there's almost- But like it's definitely, I think an African, like the style of song is like African pop. Like that's, I think think there's a sample there and I was looking online, I couldn't find what it was. It does, yeah, I can't tell what the sample is either, but um, it's just, it really sounds like this kind of like classic, but yeah, like also, just sort of timeless sort of thing. Um, it's just, he's so weird. Like when you think of like, so Classic Man was like his big breakthrough <laughs> and like this is like, a, to me it occupies the same universe but it's like on the opposite end yeah. of the universe. Yeah, it's just, he's just so stylistically diverse. I was just so impressed with this. What did you guys think though? Yeah, I loved it. I, I wanted, first of all, uh, do you guys know um, the Billboard connection? To, with this song and with Jadena's uh, album, no. Um, so a lot of a lot of uh, wait, you wrote the song? No, <laughs> yeah. no, not that like not that far off. So um, a lot of the no, no obviously, um, a lot of the production from this album, and I believe this song. I have I haven't looked at the credits for this song, but a lot of like most of Jadena's upcoming album was uh, produced or co-produced by Andrew Horowitz, who is the brother oh. of Stephen Horowitz. Wow. wow. Um, That's crazy. Shout out to Andrew Horowitz, great guy, really good producer. Yeah. Um. Anyway, That's but cool. yeah. So um, I yeah, I really like this song, and I I just like, I hope people don't sleep on Jadena, man. Like I feel like I feel like the whole classic man thing, like, kind of made him him a meme, and like it was cool, but like he's so talented and mm-hmm. he's so good live. Like I don't know if you guys have ever I seen him. No. So he's so good. And like yeah, he's a really good dancer. He's a good performer. Yeah, and his his songs are there and like everything I've heard from this new album. Um what was the song with Quavo that that came out? Uh there was there was some I'm blanking on the name, but that was really that, that was really cool too and this is kind of yeah, like that the kind of throwback vibe, the that like you said the African pop vibe and yeah, no, I just he he always kind of switches it up in a way that 
I really appreciate that, like hitting play on a new Jadana song. I, I don't know what to expect, and I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. No, he's definitely like super creative. He has a nice voice. I don't know. It was funny. I was talking with Brian Josephs at Spin, one mm-hmm. of our new colleagues, because we're <laughs> part of the world's largest media brand yeah. now, in case you guys missed it. Um, but anyway, we were talking about this. Sp- <laughs> what is true? Um, we were talking about this song, and he was like, "It's Har- Harry Belafonte trap." <laughs> and I was like, "That's so no, really wow, that's, that's a really like, good. Yeah, that's definitely that's exactly good. what it is." So shout out to him for coming up with the right description. That's but, um, yes. But yeah, I mean, I have weird like personal angst with Jadena because I interviewed him once, and he was like kind of a prick, and I was just like, okay. Um, but I do like the song and I think it's interesting, like as far as with Drake sort of bringing Wizkid onto the scene mm-hmm. and like that sort of sphere of African pop and like, you know, mm-hmm. sort of hip hop, um, dance hall inflected stuff. Like he's driving totally at the other end, like you're saying, which is a really unexpected way to bring in African influences into pop music. But I think it's just something we're going to see more and more because it's really on trend right now. I mean, if Drake is doing it, like right. it's, it's going to be a trend. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. I like the song. He sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to it. It's uh, Jadena Bambi. From the jungle, I must be a lion. Or be a cheater, but neither is fine. Don't wanna hurt my dear love of my life. Bambi, Bambi, ah, Bambi, Bambi. My dear, my dear, my dear. Ah, All right, last and not least, we have a Jason pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the song, Muna. End of Desire. End of Desire. End of Desire. Yeah. How um, did I remember that? You didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Muna's a new, new group on RCA. Uh, they just released their debut album a couple weeks ago. Um, you guys might have heard the song, I Know a Place, that has been like on the pop blogs. Of, you know uh, how often I check pop I don't blogs. Think I don't think I've heard this song. I mean, they've also yeah. played it. They were on. Jason, K- do you have a pop blog yeah. outside of Billboard that you have? To I wish. Jason uh, Lipschitz.blogspot.com. <laughs> I think I actually did uh, have a blog spot. Anyway, everybody um, go yeah. find it. Yeah, you can probably find it if you if you try. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
No, but they, they've played this song, like, they played I Know a Place on Kimmel, and uh, I really like the whole album. I, I think it's, like, for fans of, like, Haim and that kind That's of, like... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that kind of, like, 80s-inspired, like, synth-washed mm-hmm. uh, pop music. Um, but this song is just kind of, like, buried in, in the track listing. It's it's track 10 of 12, and I, I think it's by far the standout. Like, I, 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 I hit play on this, and, like, within five seconds of, like... Holy crap! Yeah, like <laughs> crying, basically crying. Yeah. Um, can I uh, quick segue? Mm-hmm. Very quick. Um, a song we have not talked about on here. Um, <gasps> Surprise! Uh, but I almost like teared up <laughs> listening to today. Uh, the um, the Sampha song. Uh, the pian- What is it called? The nobody knows me like my mother's piano. I was on the subway today, and I was like listening to that song, and I almost started Aww. crying. Anyway, shout he's, out to yeah, Sampa. He's great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to back to Muna, but <laughs> back but, to Jason crying about songs. Yeah, no, but I literally <laughs> that happened today. Anyway, um, I guess I am still a little sick. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're I, weak. There's in nothing weak emotional states. <laughs> Thanks, um, but yeah, like this. So this album is um, it it's it's has some really great pop songwriting, and. Um, there's nothing else I can really say about this song except that like it's just so basically the song end of desire is about like the the singer pleading to stop having these romantic feelings because they're driving her insane and um, but it's it's done in a, such a dramatic way. <laughs> Joe's like, I know all about yep. that. Oh, yeah. um, it's done in such a dramatic way and in in such a like a such a gorgeous and kind of like lush arrangement that it, it just it hits me every time. So what what do you guys think? I mean, I certainly don't have as many detailed thoughts on it as you, but yeah, I mean, I love, I'm a sucker for stuff that is kind of that synth based pop. Yeah. Um, I like the, the, I guess, yeah, like there's kind of just like an overall like joy to the production or like yeah. this like ebulence to it um, that reminds me, it doesn't like sound like the Cranberries, but just how you listen to like Cranberry songs and even when there's, with the exception of Zombie, like there's just like this joyfulness like yeah. about the way the song is produced yeah. that um, that I get with Muna. Um, so I've only heard this one song and I'm curious to hear the Check rest out the of whole it. Lab. The whole album is really good, but yeah, this, this, this song is my favorite. What would you think, Nat? Uh, I mean, I liked it. Definitely, like, very Heim vibes. Yep. So, like, that's, like, it's just, like, them but with synths, basically. Um, which is not bad, because obviously they make great pop songs. Um, but, yeah, it's not, like, my personal thing that I re- would that's return fair. to many, many times. But I appreciate the well-constructedness of it. Just wait for Muna featuring YG. <laughs> Coming soon. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that made me a little bit sad, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um cool. Alright, well let's let's listen to it. So Muna End of Reason. Nope. End of Desire. End of Desire. <laughs> end of Wait, what's end of reason? Is that that's Trump's America? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm Anyways. <laughs> Alright. Muna End of Desire. <laughs>
All right, that was Muna, uh, and now let's go uh, cut to my cut, conversation to with. Uh, yeah, let's <laughs> cut to the phones. Uh, all right, this is my chat with Austra. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, stick around to hear what she had to say because it was very interesting. Hey, this is Joe uh, on the Must Your Music podcast. I'm sitting here with. Katie from Austria. Um, I didn't want to pronounce your last name because I knew I was going to mangle it. Stelmanis. That's perfect. Yes, you Katie Stelmanis uh, <laughs> from Austria. Uh, you are the front person of Austria. You guys have been. Your first album was what? 2011. Yeah, 2011. Okay, and you have your third one out now. Future politics. Um, I mean, I guess I wanted to start by just before we dive into the album. Um, you have such a like otherworldly, like incredible voice. <laughs> I've always I love it. Like I love your music, but I've always just wondered like someone like you're. A lot of people do music, and like very few of them have those voices where you're like, this really stands out just by its own merit. Like, mm-hmm. was there a point in your life where you realized like, wow, my voice is like special. It's like different <laughs> than other people's singing voices. Um, I mean, I've been singing since I was like from my earliest memories as a kid. So it's always kind of been like something, like this kind of special thing that I've had, I guess. I remember being like 10 years old and like walking around the playground and my friends being like, sing for me. And I'd be like, (laughs) okay. And we'd like go for a walk and I'd sing for them. That's Um, like every person's dream, by the way. Most people (laughs) sing and their friends are like, can you please stop doing that? (laughs) Well, I would never sing for people like generally. So it was like a really big deal. They were Mm -hmm. like, I wanna hear your voice. And I was like, fine. And then, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then was there like an age where you were like, I like this and I want to like pursue it for real? I mean, I guess I, I mean, I was just doing music stuff again, like since like my earliest memories as a kid in many different forms. Like I was, you know, performing in choirs. I was really into opera in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, you can hear that in your voice. Yeah. And so I thought I was going to do that for a while. And then I guess when I left high school, I, I, I changed my mind. I changed my career path. <laughs> what was the, um, sorry, well, let's, let's talk about, I, I definitely want to swing back around to opera. Yeah. Um, but so the new album, Future Politics, mm-hmm. um, what does, I guess, the title mean? Well, Future Politics is kind of more about like personal politics rather than politics in general. That's kind of what I was getting at. And so I guess like really what it's about is kind of changing the way people think or at least sort of challenging people to change the way that they think. Um, You know, really just about like breaking down paradigms and imagining different potentials for the future. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting title. Is it kind of, I mean, this is just, I guess from a, you know, outsider perspective, Um, this is a time where, you know, compared to three years ago, people are thinking way more politically than they Mm -hmm. were, you know, three, four years ago. Is that coincidental that, you know, you have an album with politics in the title or, you know, is, are you like many people, you know, kind of like seeing, you know, this as a, a new different era or? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I started writing these songs like three years ago when the landscape was really, really different. And, but I think that I was kind of writing about these problems that, I saw and those problems have just like culminated into something since I started writing the record. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think like if Donald Trump hadn't won the presidency, I think that the record would have a, a much different place in the world today. But seeing that it actually came out like the same day as Donald Trump, it's just it's just positioned in a way that I never intended or imagined it would be positioned. Yeah. And I mean, what do you think about that in general? Are you 
deathly afraid or <laughs> yeah I mean I was always like pretty afraid of Trump but I I mean it's just kind of shocking like what he's already done in his like first three days in office or something like that it's yeah you know it's pretty it's pretty hard to follow it is it's overwhelming mm-hmm. um but yeah so the album which I, I really enjoy um mm-hmm. I've loved all of your stuff the one song that really stood out to me um, was I love you more than you love yourself? Is mm-hmm. there like a story behind that one? That seems like it's, it's just a very beautiful song title yeah. too. Yeah, I mean that song. I guess that song is a very personal song, and it's about loving somebody with depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like a lot of people have probably experienced this in their lives. It's just very difficult to to kind of connect with people who are suffering from depression, and that's I guess that's kind of what that song is about. Yeah, I mean, that is one of those, it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, pry into, like, a personal thing, Mm -hmm. but there is that that element where it's, like, you're with someone who's depressed, or maybe you are the depressed person Mm -hmm. in a relationship, and it's, like, you know, how much you, quote-unquote, like, put up with, and then at what point are you, like, this is detrimental to myself? Yeah, yeah, for sure, and there's always kind of that fine balance of, like, wanting to be supportive, but also having to take care of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and I thought, I mean, just, you know, the song itself is a very, that's a very sweet sentiment. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, it's always a good thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, I always, you know, whenever you're depressed, like, it's trite, but, like, someone just saying that they, like, love you and appreciate you, yeah. like, makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the rest of the songs, like, where, where did they all come from? You know, are they all personal or... You know, I mean, like, what's the, like, genesis of the different ones? I mean, I think a lot of the songs kind of have quite broad themes or less about, like, sort of personal things in my life. But they still feel really personal because they're kind of, like, my reactions to things I was reading about or experiencing in the world. So it's like there's a song on the record called Gaia, which I wrote after... I don't remember what it was specifically, but like reading about some sort of like horrible environmental degradation thing. And it's like, I think that many people in our generation have real emotional responses to this information. You know, like the Mm -hmm. fact that the Great Barrier Reef might not exist in 50 years. That's like quite devastating. And so I feel like I was writing music with those feelings, you know, and to me, it's not that different than writing music about like a breakup or something or just like about love in general, because it's still like feeling this deep sadness towards what's going on right now. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's two things. I mean, one, I think social media makes it a lot harder to ignore, you know, Mm -hmm. when you see pictures of, like, emaciated polar bears, you know, Mm -hmm. on one small piece of ice in a vast ocean. Like, that's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's also the element where it's, like, we're at that, like, midnight hour where it's, like, you know best case scenario like you and I might not live to see it but like yeah. for sure if we have children they're gonna see it yeah, like for sure the shit like really hit the fan yeah um I mean yeah we, I mean I guess like just personally when you like see that I mean how does that affect you is it like how do you deal with it you know is the just sadness you know is there any like proactive you know approach or like what's your take on it well I think when I was writing the record it definitely came from a place of sadness and of hopelessness um but my way kind of out of that was researching and reading about the future and people's ideas for the future so much so that I kind of became like obsessed with the subject or anytime I'd read anything about like post-capitalism or some Mm -hmm. sort of like new crazy future event like invention or just anything that had to do with a future that was drastically different from what it seems like we're heading towards I would just like want to read it and absorb it and just take it in and you know that's 
that's kind of like what has really kept me afloat is just sort of like imagining the potential of how different things could be. Do you have any like recommended readings for people or, you know, any like websites or particular topics you think are worth like yeah. looking up? Yeah, I have a few. I mean, I read the first book that got me really into it was like the Naomi Klein book, This Changes Everything. Mm -hmm. That was what really started. And then the book that inspired like future politics specifically was this book called Inventing the Future, a world, wait, wait, Inventing the Future, Post-Capitalism in a World Without Work. I think that's what it's called. And it's just, it's this book where basically like the whole thesis or whatever is that technology will save us because it will create like a, a lack of a like it will mean that we won't require labor anymore because mm-hmm. of automation and it'll also mean that there won't be any scarcity because we'll have the ability to kind of like produce however much we want um and it's a really cool book and it's like kind of obviously there's like flaws and everything but there's something just like very subversive and like kind of punk about it yeah and just like the way that they're writing like such a like drastically different idea of the future than what generally like people believe to be possible yeah um and then i read a bunch of like really good sci-fi too but i could go down like yeah. a rabbit hole <laughs> talking is, about this uh, no i i love sci-fi it's always <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i grew up on like star trek like feeds my soul yeah but me too. i have to say i'm more like <laughs> if i'm like thinking of it i'm like oh it's gonna be a blade runner future <laughs> i know i know yeah star trek was also really influential there's like a book called trekonomics that i haven't read but i really want to read about like people I've, talking about the viability yeah. of like actually star trek's world yeah i've never read that but i've also heard about it yeah um, but yeah so it's just such a like humanism like philosophy yeah thing. it's so great for sure um but i wanted to circle back so like opera um, like personally, at what point was the, was the decision to be like, nah, not really gonna, because you know, like opera is like a, a very clear career path. You have to yeah. like study it. It's it's not as open ended as like mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a band. Yeah. Um, what was the impetus for that decision? I mean, I think I just wasn't ready to commit to the lifestyle. I mean, when I by the time I got out of high school, um, and I had started to kind of like discover other types of music, and I just. Yeah, it was really, like, when you're an opera singer, I mean, you can't do anything else. Like, that's exactly right. it. Like, your body is your instrument. You have to take care of your body, and I wasn't ready to do that when I was 18 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, just the album in general. So, musically, like, you know, how do you see it, like, within the context of your other ones? Like, does it feel super different to you, or? Um, kind of, I guess. I feel like I wrote it in a more similar way to how I wrote the first record. Like I consider it to be much more of a bedroom project than Olympia was, which is a studio project. Um, but I just have like a much larger arsenal, I suppose. Like right. I just know a lot more about making computer music than I did when I wrote the first record. Um, and I guess also I had this intention with this record when I first started out writing it that I wanted to make background music, that I wanted mm-hmm. to make music that you could just like put on and, and it it would like color a room, but people wouldn't really notice it. And a little more Eno y. Yeah, and I started I started writing a lot of songs like that and then I realized that like my career would probably be over because I'm like you know, we're a live touring band. Right. So I can't I can't like I can't like perform background music. Um yeah. so I kind of like changed direction. But there's it's definitely there's a lot more like sort of like ambient and relaxed and chill moments on this record than there are on the other ones. Yeah. You could always side project it, though, too. Yeah, totally side project that. And then, you know, like, mysterious ambient identity open for yourself yeah. when Oscar's on tour and, like, no one knows it's actually you. Yeah, I guess so. Twice. I guess that's what Caroline Polachek does 
from Chairlift. She always puts out these like ambient electronic albums on the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess just and what's on the plate for 2017? Just like constant touring, I guess. And do you like um, touring or? Do- yeah, I, I love touring. I'm definitely pretty addicted to touring. We just started like our big world tour, I guess, and. I'm only about a week in and I definitely feel pretty rusty in terms of touring life. Like I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. oh my God, how am I going to do this? But I know that like once you get into it, then you just get into it. So you're, you don't, I mean like a lot of people like love touring, like like you said, they're addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people get exhausted pretty easily. So you have a good like balance between like enjoying life on the road, but also like keeping yourself healthy. And Yeah. Well, I think that like I've in the past really gone for it on tour and then hit like a breaking point of exhaustion so I'm trying to avoid that I'm trying Mm -hmm. to like go into it knowing that it's going to come and trying to avoid it by like you know being really militant about making sure I get enough sleep wherever possible right and yeah cool um all right well thank you for stopping by um the album is future politics from Austra uh we'll play a little bit of it now and then uh, by the time this posts, there you are in real time as we're talking. You are mm. about to go perform in Billboard, um, but in internet time, while you're listening to this, that performance will already be live on Billboard's Facebook page. So go cool. check that out. Um, but Katie, thank you so much for stopping by. No problem. Um, thank I you. I love your music. I love the new album. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.